Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Everybody Fits Podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Kim. And this week we have Laura with us. Um, I'll let Laura introduce herself a little bit, but we are starting from a little story of Laura used to be a Slimming World leader, did you not? Yes, I did. I uh, qualified as a teacher, first of all, did that for a little bit, and then I decided I wanted to quit. So I had been doing Slimming World for a while anyway with my sister, so I decided to become a consultant. Um, and I think I lasted three years before I realised it was a load of rubbish <laughs> and then I quit that too <laughs> so tell us a bit more about becoming a leader like what what do you have to do to qualify as a leader and take on your own groups and things not a lot so I like I said I used to do slim and well but I did it with my sister just from home I didn't actually go to the classes or anything and then it was my sister who said they were looking for consult consultants and if I started class then I could become a consultant so I went and I think I'd been there a couple of weeks when we'd mentioned that I'd maybe like to be a consultant and they just jumped at the chance straight away they just you don't have to do anything you just start going to meetings and start learning about it they tell you how much you need to pay because it's a franchise so you buy into it um and they just let you to just let you join us you do have an interview and things but I think they will let anyone join because it, I think it works like if, if so if a consultant recruits me they get money and then if their team leader gets money yeah. because of it so they will let anyone in I think I wasn't very special but <laughs> so I was gonna ask that like whether it's kind of like a pyramid scheme almost it's like <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't think it is it's not like when people go mad about MLM and, and pyramid schemes and things it's but it's a scam it's definitely a scam you buy into it you slim and well take half of your money anyway so you don't earn a lot of money unless you have a lot of members consistently which as we know dieting is a very yo-yo thing anyway so I didn't I never had consistent members summer had come up Christmas had come up bank holidays had come up and I wouldn't make any money and they don't support you with that that they don't help they just continue to take a cut of the money from you and so it's not it's not a pyramid scheme it's not illegal but I think it should be because it's definitely it's definitely not fair <laughs> and what about so tell us a little bit about the actual diet because I've never done similar worlds I don't know anything about it I don't know wow. what kind of training you get nutritionally as a leader and what you get taught as a member and um, the only thing I know is the absolute outrage when Muller lights became sins <laughs> like I, I just remember that being on the news and people going crazy over it and being like I don't really understand what's going on and why everybody's so outraged <laughs> I can't believe you've managed to dodge Slim and Wild. Well done. It, so it, it might have changed since I was last there because obviously I did leave quite a long time ago now. But um, generally, the main part of it was free foods. So you could eat as many free foods as you wanted to, fill up your plate with free food, snack on free food. There's no limit to all this free food that you could eat. And then you get limited healthy extras which was things like so your free foods were things like your meat um pasta rice potatoes vegetables fruit beans um things like that yogurts before they were <laughs> more like yogurts before they changed them then healthy extras so you got an a which i think was your dairy so like cheese things like that and your b choice which was your bread um there was in cereal and things there was other things but basically some kind of carb and then you got your sins so then you got 15 up to 15 sins a day which was anything else that wasn't on that list basically so um muller lights again once they changed things like chocolate that's what i usually spent mine on chocolate and crisps and things like that would be sins takeaways so yeah it was ridiculous it and it it didn't work for a lot of people because they they took I mean free food I mean they took it literally it was you allowed as much as you want so me included I would eat as much as I physically could until I felt sick because it was free and because I could so you'd eat loads and loads of the stuff that you didn't even fancy because it was free 
and then still not satisfy your cravings because that's not what you really wanted and then end up binging and going over on your sins anyway it's crazy that because they market themselves i had a leaflet through the door a a month or so ago um with the words food freedom on it Mm. and that's that's probably why because stuff is free but it's not food freedom is it because it's like you're not there's there's moral value put onto to it even though i know the word sin in the slimming world world is not s-i-n it's s-y-n and they try and make out oh it's to do with like synergy or something but it's still like you know they know what they're doing yeah. it's 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 not great is it like it's uh yeah yeah it's got a negative connotation whether it's spelt the same way or not isn't it if you think of a sin you think of something bad and that's exactly how people thought this me included it was it was a sin those things that you were eating were sins there were a little treat for you because you weren't weren't allowed too many of them because they were a sin it was definitely marketed very cleverly so i'll give them that they're very good at marketing What was your relationship with food like while you were actually, when you were deep in it, shall we say? Absolutely shocking. It was, looking back now, it was absolutely bizarre because I thought it was, did I think it was fine? I don't know. Maybe I did. I must have because I kept doing it, but it was ridiculous. I would... So I'd say I got weighed on a Wednesday, changed my days in my class as many times as most Slim and Well people do. We leave, we we gain weight, we get ashamed, we go and join another group. Um, so if I got weighed on the Wednesday, I would then go shopping and I would buy everything that I'd fancied all that week that I hadn't dared eat because I knew I was getting weighed. So And then I would come home and I would binge it all. So I, did, I was a massive secret eater and I... It's something I've since told James about, but I used to come home and secret eat. So if I'd fancied a McDonald's, I'd get everything that I fancied from McDonald's, which wouldn't just be one meal. It'd be enough to feed a family. And then I'd get, say I'd fancied some chocolate or something or some cakes. I'd buy a pack of them. And then because I couldn't admit that I'd ate them, I had to eat them all then because then I had to hide the evidence. So I'd just sit and binge on a Wednesday. I'd come home. This used to be my living room and I literally used to sit here on the sofa and I'd binge everything that I'd fancied that week and then hide all the evidence. And then I had my own class on a Wednesday night. So then I'd go and run my class (laughs) and teach everyone how to do it properly. And then James wouldn't know that I'd ate all this rubbish by this point. Then I'd be texting him saying, oh, what are we having for tea? We have a little treat because it's way day. And then we'd I'd have a takeaway as well. So then I'd go home and I'd eat even more food. It was ridiculous. Then Thursday I'd wake up and I'd think, right, I need to get back on it now. So I'd stick to the plan for a couple of days. Then the weekend had hit and then it all went to pot again. And then Monday and Tuesday was barely eating at all because I was panicking because I'd think right look I'd weigh myself every day at home obviously and then so I knew I'd gained weight over the weekend so then I'd starve myself and barely eat Monday and Tuesday to try and get some kind of loss on the scales by the Wednesday again before I started again so I never actually stuck to the Slim and Wild plan even though I was doing Slim and Wild and I was a consultant I very rarely stuck to it and I think everyone was the same I wasn't I wasn't alone in that that's clearly um unsustainable yeah that's obviously why it's um yeah I think I think it's like that with the majority of you know well diets I was going to say these these classes but the majority diets they are unsustainable and yes I never fell victim to the slim and well diet but I did fall victim to the Weight Watchers diet so and for all I think they've got different approaches they do exactly the same thing in that you're saying it seems like years since it's a really long time since you were a leader but actually it was what five six yeah five years ago I think yeah it's not a long time but when you look at the plans that they sell I would say Weight Watchers and Slimming World, every three years, changed their entire ethos. Everything's changed. Like, I remember being younger and fats were evil and carbs were evil. And if you even looked at an avocado when you did Weight Watchers, it was like, dear God, you've put on five pounds. How horrendous. 
Whereas now it's like, oh, eat all your healthy fats and eat all eat all the healthy carbs and because you know there's there's a there's a difference and now we're panicking yeah and they always try and like look at the closest trends but there doesn't seem to be any actual nutritional science behind it am I right in saying that I, I think so I I gained diplomas when I became a consultant so you go to train and you go to their head office and you get in like have a nutrition nutrition diploma along with other ones and I never learned about correct nutrition I learned about how they think nutrition works and how they think we should teach people how nutrition works but since then obviously I've educated myself properly and it was far away from what we should be teaching people and what people should be doing so it's it scares me and I've obviously I've had to deal with that afterwards I've had to deal with the guilt of thinking I taught people that I taught people that this was a good thing for them and it was the best thing for them to do and it's it's scary the amount of people I mean there's they'll still have hundreds of thousands if not millions of follow of followers who are doing it and it's just scary because it is like a cult people just believe anything we say anything the consultants say they believe it and they go and follow it and it's just it's scary I think I think that's the thing I think people are, are doing the best they can with the information they have and then they've been they've been told so yeah. you know I, I I can understand why you would feel guilty but it, it's we're all we've we, you know we've all been prone to you know Weight Watchers Slimming World and be you know being through the process you know the same process it, it it's all very very much focused on on weight obviously you know weight being the be all and end all mm-hmm. and when you were uh, working in, in slimming world you obviously start with like a goal weight and is that just plucked out of nowhere or is that to do with like the bmi or like what like do, is there any was there any question of like actually is this going to be this weight going to be healthy or was, was there any of that no, not from not from me. The problem is that obviously BMI is a load of rubbish, as you as you know. Yeah. And but a lot of people who start Slim and Wild are starting with a high BMI. So even if they pluck out a ridiculous weight loss, chances of them being in the healthy range were still quite slim. I did have a, a member once, maybe once or twice, where if they said they want to lose so much weight. And I'd put that in as their target and that went to an unhealthy BMI where it was too low, it would flag up and it would say they don't, they don't need to lose this much weight. But because BMI is so ridiculous, I mean, you'll know how low that weight must have been for that to come up. Like I, even at my lowest, I still could have lost another stone and still been classed as healthy. And I looked ill. Like people constantly tell me, once I put the weight back on, obviously, at the time I looked fabulous and everyone told me how great I looked. But afterwards, people were like, yeah, I was a bit worried about you. You looked a bit ill. You don't need to lose that much again. You did lose too much weight. But I could have lost more and still been healthy, mm. which is crazy. It's, it's so crazy. it was it was just plucked. It's crazy. I, I did a post on, um, on Instagram this morning and it's crazy how many people relate to that story because it was similar um for me you know I I was starving myself and intensely working out so it was six times a a week and I was only just tipping into the healthy quote-unquote healthy um you know and, and and that was only just and if I'd have carried on I, I, it scares me to think, you know, where, huh, where would have ended up? Like, <laughs> I knew we'd end up with that. That's what the eye me as well. Yeah, and, and it, it, it is so common, yet there's still this whole thing of like, oh, well, overweight is, is, is unhealthy and all this stuff, and, and it's crazy. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I saw someone the other day that posted on Instagram that her sister had beaten the doctors, and... I don't even know what she went for. She went for something completely unrelated. And they'd said, I think she was a size 10, size 12. And they'd yeah. said, oh, you're um, you're overweight. Uh, you need to cut your carbs. Yeah. Is that Alex Light? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thought, what yeah. on yeah. earth? It's like, insane. <laughs> like, it's, it's 
again, it's not even something that was created to to have anything to do with health. Yeah. BMI scale was not created to have to do with health yet. It's what we base everything on. I remember me and my husband went traveling like years ago. And when we went traveling, my eating disorder really got its claws in and I was emaciated. But we were in countries where he was emaciated as well. He was eating five times a day, but you're in Asia and you're living on like rice and meat. And he dropped so much weight. It was weird to see him so skinny. But on the BMI scale, he'd have still been overweight. He's six foot four, he's broad, he's t- and, and on the BMI scale, my shoulder blades, my collarbones were sticking out. I looked horrendous, but I could have lost a stone and a half. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's terrifying that, that these are the things that people are aiming for. I've got to be within my BMI. I've got to be rather than a, a comfortable weight. In, in relation to that, like when you were down to that small size, how did you feel about your body? Hated it. It's it's ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, we so when I eventually got to that weight, I got there from barely eating. I was still on plan, but I wasn't. I was certainly wasn't eating all the free food I possibly could. I was eating very small quantities of very little, and I was going to the gym again, going ridiculously. We had a personal trainer. I was miserable. I hit like I was so because I wasn't doing anything I wasn't drinking I wasn't going out I wasn't having any sins I wasn't I literally wasn't eating anything apart from I remember my breakfast was like two bacon medallions and some almonds <laughs> what is that that's not a breakfast um and it was like I literally was just starving myself it was horrible and then I eventually got there and then I still hated myself and I thought you just think don't you when you get to this magic number that everything's going to change and you're suddenly going to start loving yourself and you're suddenly going to be happy and you're suddenly going to have confidence and then you'll be able to eat again as well. I don't know why I suddenly thought, oh, I can't, you know, you'll be able to eat again and I'll just stay this weight now forever, which obviously doesn't happen. But I just, I still, yeah, still absolutely hated myself. I was never happy, which was just so sad. And what what was your relationship like with James? Who, and I can now say, since since we last spoke, he's your husband. Yeah, married. Congratulations, <laughs> my husband. Thanks. <laughs> Threatened to divorce him the other day for the first time. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's nice, isn't it? I can do that now. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we obviously weren't living together at the time. Our relationship was quite new then. When I did get to my lowest weight. Um, I was horrible to him. I remember thinking, like, what? Why is he with me? Why is he putting up with this? Because I was horrid, and uh, he, I was a bit of a nightmare, obviously, because I wouldn't eat things. So he, he was doing it with me. He was doing personal training. He was eating, wasn't doing Slim and Wild. He was eating his own stuff, and he, but he was eating nutritious foods. But then obviously he'd say, "Oh, well, can I make this for tea? Or can I? Can we go here? Can we do this?" And I'd be like, "No, no." no, we can't do that, I can't do that, I can't go here, you can't make my food, because then I can't be in control of what you're putting into it, and I can't track everything, so I think it was strained in that way, and he obviously much prefers it now that I'm, I'm probably too far the other way now, <laughs> I don't care what I put into it, I just throw all sorts into my meals, and I'll go out for tea all the time, um, but it was, I don't, he's never complained about it, but he's all, he said afterwards that he obviously prefers it now, now that I'm not so obsessed. Because I do, I, I like to get obsessed about things. I'm quite an obsessive person, but that was just the wrong, the wrong thing to get obsessed about. Was there a moment in particular, like when did it all change for you and you just decided enough was enough? I don't know what made me buy it. I don't, it must have just obviously popped up on my Instagram, but I was going, we were going on holiday for a friend's wedding and I'd already, I'd gained weight by this point. So I'd, I was still doing, I'm still doing Slim World, I was still a consultant, uh, but I'd got to Target and then I'd obviously started eating again, started putting the weight back on, struggled to get it back off once it's back on, because obviously the more you diet, the harder it gets. So I'd started gaining weight and I'd maybe put about a stone and a bit on and I again hated myself never really stopped but I was mortified that we were going on holiday with so many people 
who we knew who might see me in a bikini and might see me in the pool and might see me in shorts and I was dreading the holiday and this book came up on Instagram and I thought I'll just buy it I'll just give it a try and I saved it for the holiday and I was sat reading it and it was obviously all about like quitting dieting and loving yourself and I just thought oh my god what have I been doing what how have I been spending my life because it's I mean it had been going on about 10 years by this point and I just thought god I'm wasting my life hating my body and always dreading things because of how I look and it was just a massive wake-up call and that was in the April um and then I quit as a consultant in the July I stopped stopped as a member after that and then obviously made plans to to quit pretty soon after what was the book it's called the goddess revolution and it was I I mean different books work for different people I think don't they and I have Mm -hmm. since read loads since to try and educate myself more and I've read loads of different ones that have got different that one was quite not spiritual but quite like airy fairy love yourself and some people just can't get away with that and they're like oh that's too I need I need straight Mm -hmm. facts I need so I read all different ones that had different takes on the same meaning but that was the first one that sort of opened opened my eyes to it and that's where I always tell everyone to start start going on Instagram start buying books and start looking into just re-educate yourself because we have been brought up to diet since I mean I think I started when I was about 14 which is just barbaric and it's all it's all we ever knew it was never it was never not an option to not try and lose weight it was always all what diet are we doing what are we losing weight for now how much how much weight do you do I need to lose how much do you weigh what's the next event that we've got that we need to lose weight for it was non-stop so once that once I started educating myself and there was another option it was bizarre but it was amazing are your family still like you said your sister did swimming well are they still quite ingrained in diet culture have they stepped away my sister stepped away as well which is fantastic um I don't know if she did it straight away but once I got my claws into her and just kept saying it all the time eventually she was like yeah no you're right it's ridiculous what have we been doing to ourselves so she she doesn't diet anymore now which is brilliant and our mum never did which was which is odd so because really I don't know why I didn't look at her and learn from her because she was a brilliant example really she's never dieted she's never I mean she mentioned it she might have said oh I need to lose weight at all look at me look at my fat arms or something but she's never ever like really talked about her weight or done a diet which is incredible she must be in some tiny percentage of women to have never done that um she's not happy with it with herself which is but then she's never done anything about it so I don't know. <laughs> so she's halfway there yeah. And I don't think any of us really like when people talk about loving yourself and like nobody 100% of the time feels amazing about their body and the way that they look. And I think that's a really big thing. Like there's so much pressure to love yourself. And it's like, why can't we just accept ourselves? Like you don't have to love yourself. You don't even have to like yourself, like, like the way you look. I mean, it's a bonus if you like yourself and if you love yourself, great. But you're not going to wake up every day and look in the mirror and think, damn it, I am sexy <laughs> as hell. You, you can have someone else tell you. I'm sure James would tell you every day, but it, it's not realistic. And because we set ourselves those goals, it's almost like every day that you wake up and you don't feel like that, you've failed. So you've got to chase the dream. And that's, that's kind of what these diets tell us like the the biggest tagline for me is about being the best version of yourself mm-hmm. and I'm like why why do you have to change the way that your body looks to be the best mm-hmm. version of yourself that that frustrates yeah. me so I much. think I think the um the goal should be to to wake up and not be thinking about your body be be so obsessed with thinking about food and you know yeah think about your body but not you know in a neutral way not not to wake up and be like oh, I love myself or oh I hate myself just to wake up and be like oh there's me 
and then carry on like that that should be the goal because that is what is the most realistic um and the, the most healthiest as well i'd say yeah. that's just my opinion yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're right Obviously, you went into the world of uh, bridal shopping, and yeah. that was was that after you'd started to gain weight and your body had changed. Yeah, so that was was that straight after. Can't remember. I must get my CV out to uh, <laughs> get the years right. But yeah, I'd left Livingwell by this point and started there. I'd gained even more weight by this point because obviously, as you do, I'd get. I ended up gaining all the weight back that I'd lost um gradually over the years so yes I'd gained more weight then but I was happier than I'd been in years I was I was freer like you said you wake up and it's your first thought isn't food and your first thought isn't your body and it's you've got all these other things that you can think of and spend your time on which I I didn't before literally my whole life especially with it being my job was food and dieting and losing weight and how you looked everything was about that so suddenly when it's not, there's so much more to do and so much more to think about and so much more to enjoy, which mm. was amazing. So yeah, I went into, went into the bridal industry. <laughs> How did you find the, because there is that pressure on brides, isn't it? Yeah. Like lose weight and look great for the dress and even like going into the shops for your fittings and the masking about, because I remember going and they're, they're saying to me, oh, you're between two sizes so you can get the bigger size or you can get the yeah. smaller size and how did you find that well obviously because I had just moved away from dieting I was quite persistent in how I made brides feel about it so I was like no you don't need to lose weight you look amazing and we the shop that I worked in did have sizes up to like 30 plus so we did have dresses for a lot of our, our brides that came in there was multiple dresses that they could choose and it was just about finding the dresses that suited their shape and that they felt amazing in so I was focusing on that rather than if they said they needed to lose weight and things beforehand I was just saying no you don't need to lose weight don't need to lose weight for your wedding day you look amazing already and just tried to make them feel more confident really which was the same when I got my wedding dress as well the place we got out got my dress from she was amazing from day one. She was so sort of girl power, inspiring, sort of you're amazing as you are. You don't need to do anything. You're going to look fantastic, which I, I know is not a lot of brides experiences. So I think definitely finding the right shop with the right people makes a difference. What about from people around you? Did you feel any, like, was there any pressure from other people? Yeah, I think there always there's always going to be, isn't there? Even if people people mean no harm with it, I think there's always it's like anything, isn't it? It's sort of when you get a house or when you're getting married. When you get married, when you're having kids, it's one of those sort of ingrained things, isn't it? If you are a bride, you must be losing weight. You must need to lose weight. And I had people, I had someone say something to me when I was I can't even what I was doing. I don't know if I was eating something or drinking something. Like I might have been drinking something and they're like, oh, no, no, you need water. You're a bride. You need to lose weight. And I was like, no, no, I don't. Thank you very much. I'll eat and drink whatever I want. But it is, it's definitely ingrained in people. Even my dad, who obviously I adore, but because he is older and he is set in his ways, if I opened the fridge, you'd be like, oh, should you be going in there? You've got a wedding dress to fit into. No harm meant at all. But it is just the way people—it's the way people are brought up, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's so it crazy because it's like you've your partner loves you for you. They asked you to marry you, and you wouldn't want to be with marry someone <laughs> that would prefer you in a different body anyway. Like exactly. that's not that's not a marriage. That's not <laughs> what it's that's not what it's about. But yeah. it's that's what society has made it about, and and it's um obviously patriarchal because there's not the pressure as much pressure for for men um it's all oh, no. you no know, sort of capitalism and diet culture and it's always yeah. like 
oh, they've got married now. The, the man can gain weight. He doesn't have to do it. And I'm like... let himself go now. But it's not even before the wedding. It's, a, it's again, it's everything with men. Like something else I saw on Instagram. I can't remember who this was. But they'd said about um, IVF and going through IVF. The woman constantly, their weight was mentioned. They said she had to lose weight before she could do it. She they kept weighing her, they kept checking her, they kept saying she needed to, kept mentioning her weight. And not once did anyone weigh the husband or recommend that the husband ate anything differently or told the husband to do anything different. It was all on the woman. It was always, always. It's always on the woman. And <laughs> honestly, that I know this is totally unrelated, but you're saying about IVF that continues all the way through so we had IVF to have our little girl and we've got a frozen embryo and each year you've got to pay to have it stored and renew it and I was on the phone with them going through everything and they went do you know your current BMI and I was like no I don't and then afterwards I was having a conversation with Andrew my husband and I was like does that mean to say that if you had a child gained weight went over your BMI and you were someone in a position where you had that frozen embryo, they wouldn't let you use your own embryo that is sat there that you are paying for because you're over, like, it's it's just absolute madness. It's crazy. So, that is. yeah. It's, I'd it's, call them and ask them. I can do it on your behalf. Oh, I'll send him on that on that <laughs> But yeah, it is it's just crazy all of these pressures that are put on us. It's absolutely insane. And so you went on your honeymoon and amazing. It looked incredible. If anyone doesn't follow Laura on Instagram already, her Instagram link will be in the show notes because if you want food envy if you want (laughs) disney envy if you want life envy like it's just incredible um so you did two weeks am i right um and you planned out so much food (laughs) oh yes it looked amazing (laughs) and how did that feel going there and having that freedom with food because i i can imagine you've been on holidays in the past where it's very much been even though you're on holiday, it's still restrictive. Am I am I right? Am I wrong? Well, wrong, but only because it was the sense it was a it was a treat. It was so you'd panic, or I would. I don't know if other people are the same. Well, I know I know people are. So it was a bit like you know Christmas or any anything like that, where you know like a birthday, and you know you've got a time frame mm-hmm. uh, where you can eat whatever you want. It's like a window. So a holiday for me was a window. It was always. Right, I need to eat as much food as I possibly can and make myself sick because when I get back, I have to starve myself again. So that was always my how my holidays went. I would make myself ill eat, eating and drinking because I knew what had ha- what was ha- what was coming when I got back home. I knew I was going to have to go on the scales and face those. I knew I was going to have to starve myself basically as soon as I got back. So while I didn't have to do that, while the, I could pretend scales didn't exist because I wasn't in my bathroom like I normally was I I just used to binge constantly on holiday which was horrible and obviously you don't feel you don't feel good generally on holidays anyway it's like Christmas isn't it where you go ridiculous or I again I used to don't now used to be disgusting and I used to eat and eat and eat and make myself physically ill because I'd eat that much because I thought I'm going to have to start a diet again in January, so I have to eat it all now because I can't have it in January. And I'd make myself ill, so that's what I'd do on holiday. Whereas honeymoon, I absolutely ate all sorts, as you said. I had everything and anything that I wanted to, but if I was full or if I didn't want something, rather than thinking, no, no, I have to eat it now, I have to stuff myself full of it now because it's a bit like, um, especially when you're in a different country, you panic because it's like restriction but you're in a different country so I can't have it again I have to have it now because then it's not going to be available to me anymore so there's that panic that I used to get whereas now I just think I'll just have to go back to Disney it's fine if I didn't get to eat a snack I'll go back so it was amazing it takes a lot to do that to sort of unlearn that that cycle of like you know 
binge restrict binge restrict yeah. and we all it, it, and it's so normalized that's what you know like with the fitness industries our cheat days and yeah. it's promoted it's and it it is it is crazy yeah that it's um but it it's amazing that you did manage to kind of unlearn you know and and take the sort of the guilt and and things away was that quite a long process to yeah, yeah. absolutely and I think that's that's where people struggled on there because I know I've I've known people who have stopped dieting and say right I'm done I'm not going to do it again but then they start they start trying to not diet and they don't know what to do because it's all we've known and it's so hard to unlearn all that like you said unlearn all that behavior and I still now like we said five years ago now I still have moments now and Mm. you just have to you just have to remind yourself and talk to yourself and say no that's you know we we don't we don't believe that anymore that's not true that's we don't have to do that anymore we don't have to binge we don't have to secret eat we don't have to react in that way and it is it is I am still learning absolutely and I think people need to be prepared for that it's not a quick fix like a diet sometimes is if you're going on holiday and you know you've got so many weeks yes you can restrict your food for a couple of weeks this is a total it's a lifelong change it's something that you want to keep up for the rest of your life so yes there's going to be bumps in the road but it's it's far far better than dieting and restricting and binging and all of the other things that come with trying to lose weight constantly and how has you you mentioned before that you had like a really negative relationship with exercise as well how has that changed because I see a lot again on your Instagram you go to um, classes with gyms you go on your own um, and you go quite regularly so how has that gone from being quite an obsessive relationship with exercise to the positive one that you seem to have now yeah again that was sort of a huge turning point for me was when I stopped associating exercise with weight loss so even after I'd stopped dieting I still had a really negative view of exercise because that's what I associated it with. So I'd only ever exercise to lose weight and I always saw it as a punishment. So even when I'd stopped dieting but was still trying to exercise, I didn't enjoy it because I was still coming at it from a totally wrong perspective because I thought, oh, well, I'm I'm still going, what am I doing this for now? It was sort of, it felt a bit pointless because I thought, well, I'm not enjoying it. I'm not trying to lose weight, but this is this is the only reason you exercise. So what am I doing? So once I took away that and I thought, actually, no, I can go to the gym to get stronger. I can go to the gym to get faster. I can go to the gym so that I feel better. And once I'd realized that, it sounds so simple <laughs> to other people. People might just think, well, yes, I that's why I go to the gym. I go to the gym so I can lift heavier weights. I go to the gym so I can run faster. But for a lot of people who've dieted, we go to the gym to burn calories. We go to the, we go to the gym because we want to lose weight. So once I took that away, I genuinely started enjoying it. And it is about finding something that you enjoy as well. The stuff that I enjoy. So we go, we go to a, sim- a similar setup to CrossFit. So it's um, weights, it's cardio, it's, it's a whole mixture of things. And then I go to box fit as well. I absolutely love that. I love boxing. Obviously not very, James goes mad because I don't do it properly. I just like to have a laugh, but I enjoy, I enjoy punching things. So, but it is about finding things that you enjoy. Other people might absolutely hate that. They might like going out and running. They might like going to like yoga and Pilates. I'm not flexible at all. I can't do stuff like that. So it's totally about trying everything. Don't just think, oh, I went to the gym once and I hated it. I hate the gym, like going to the gym and trying to go on a treadmill and trying to do my own thing. Cannot do it. I need to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some people might hate that. Some people might like doing their own thing. So it's definitely about disassociating it with weight loss and finding something that you really enjoy doing as well. Yeah, I think similar with um, when you're kind of stepping away from diet culture is we're so used to having rules like you should do this amount of time and burn this amount of calories and and actually if you take away the rules or allow yourself to make up your own rules that's when it becomes empowering and that's when 
you know, you actually, ironically, start really accepting who you are, um, which is not what we're told, but that's that's how it is. Yeah, it's totally true, isn't it? I remember someone saying before, well, how long did it take you to run this much? Or how many calories did you burn? Mm -hmm. And people, I used to have a a Fitbit and I wouldn't go anywhere if I didn't have a Fitbit on because heaven forbid I did some steps without it on. Whereas now I'm just like, I don't care. I just do it for fun. I don't, mm-hmm. how long did it take? I don't know. I just did it. <laughs> I, just, the, I just went and ran. <laughs> how's the gym um, in terms of sort of like diet culture and stuff? Like, And the trainers, are they quite, quite good? Um, or are they, yeah, what yeah. are they like? I'm really fortunate. Again, I think it is about picking the right place. Yeah. I, we go, we go to a very small um like it's a it's only run in our town it's a small business run by two ladies who live in the town mm. and they one used to be a nurse and the other's a trick like the other's the coach and they are both so knowledgeable that it's they never met diet never gets mentioned whereas obviously when I've been to gyms and I've been to personal trainers it was a lot of food related diet you need to do this to lose weight they never ever mention weight loss it's all it's all about like I said, strength, getting stronger, getting faster. You want it. She never says, oh, you need to do this because you need to lose weight. It's do this to push yourself, to get stronger, to get the extra weight, to, to extra, like extra weight as in <laughs> weight. And then the lady who used to be a nurse, she does nutrition alongside it. But it's things like she'll post things that's good for you to go to the toilet or that's good for your heart or that's good to help you if you're doing, there's a lot of, uh, people do like marathons and things like that so she'll post stuff about like carb thing having lots of carbs and certain foods that are good if you're going to be doing lots of training and it's all it's never about weight loss which is I find fascinating so she'll say right like hormones she ha- helps a lot of people with menopause to eat, eat certain things and take certain um, supplements and tablets and whatever you need to do for menopause or for your heart or for your brain or for or the loo <laughs> just literally whatever you need it's she's had people that have had diabetes and she's managed to reverse it through the nutrition and it's you know, it's never about your weight loss that's and it's just it's amazing to be to be able to go to a gym that's not obsessed with losing weight they're concerned about actual health and fitness as opposed yeah. to <laughs> yeah. body size. That sounds yeah. amazing. It and is. that's such a good team up as well. Like yeah. the, the the two women together. Cause that's, that's one thing that as a fitness instructor and the majority of fitness instructors um, who are, you know, the non-diet approach, it's frustrating when you see a personal trainer trying to tell somebody how to eat and what to eat and giving food and nutrition plans and it's also quite insulting to nutritionists and dietitians who've gone to university and studied these things and they'll do like one well it'll be like you and you yeah (laughs) but it is very very hard when you first start out in the industry as well because you're told that you should teach these things and, yeah. and you can teach these things. So where you are saying you feel quite guilty that you've taught people the way that you have through some world, you've just got to accept that like you make mistakes and and it's kind of something that everybody thinks is right because it's the what we're taught. Yeah. Like it is just, it's the culture, isn't it? And it's, yeah. it's nice that people are finding other avenues like there are we are the minority but I do feel like because people are looking for trainers and environments that aren't just about diet and weight loss if you look for them you'll find them it's just that people need to want to look for them Mm, I do think more people are now definitely I think it's becoming people are getting more and more sick of dieting and I certainly don't see it as much as I used to obviously I have distanced myself from that environment but even you still see it on social media and things don't you and I think it is becoming less and less now I've got a lot of brides and things that I follow and even even a lot of brides now don't put up with it and don't think well I need to diet because I'm going to be a bride 
So I do think we're moving away from it slowly but surely. And we just need to bring this next generation up, don't we, just to not not in the same way, not to believe that dieting's the answer. I think there's I still I still feel there's quite a strong divide. I still like based on the amount of um comments and trolls that I've got recently. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, it's uh it's quite outrageous really. But um yeah, and and, and do you know what I, I, I think that it it shows a real strength of character to be able to change your whole mindset from being a complete slave to diet that, that we all have been to actually then realize actually I wasn't right I, I was wrong um and well not society's wrong but you know like yeah. what and and to actually sort of step back and look at and and to be open to be so open to to learn and unlearn and I think I think as I say it's it I admire people that that do that and so I, I really don't feel like you should be ashamed at all I think as I say it should shows a strength of character and I that's why I admire the um whole sort of anti-diet movement because it it totally does show that you're open to listen and if if we if we more of us did that how amazing would the world be and in all sort of areas of life sorry I'm going off on one and being all like, <laughs> <laughs> but like you know if, if we actually just took the time to listen because just if someone's experienced something in one way it doesn't necessarily mean that you know it, it, it's it's not valid and and you know it's yeah it's um yeah, <laughs> Kim would go for a very long time talking about diet culture and how she feels. Oh, about I it. could. <laughs> it's very we frustrating. Spend the rest of the day just talking about oh, it. No. <laughs> so, one thing I would like to know is when you decided you were leaving Slim and World, and you you changed your attitude about it, and obviously you're telling people not to follow Slim and World and what was what was the reaction of kind of your members and the people around you and how did that go down yeah not great obviously because <laughs> once really if I'm attacking Slim and World I'm attacking all of their jobs as well so yes I can leave as a consultant and I can say I'm not doing it anymore but then to obviously advertise the facts why I've left and to encourage other people to stop doing it I could lose their members as well. And it is, it, it's their job. It's their, like I said, members don't come, we don't get paid. So it was tricky. And I did obviously lose touch with most of them. I don't really speak to any of the consultants that I used to be friends with, really, because we were. We Obviously, we all kept in touch. We used to talk all the time. Um, but saying that, a lot of them have now left as well. Now, I don't know why, because obviously we didn't stay in touch, but I do know a number of consultants that I used to be in the same group with at the same time have all left. There's only a couple left now that were there when I was there. So if that doesn't speak volumes, then I don't know what does. But um, members, again, it was... They were all quite accepting of it, actually. I think... They've all, like I said, they always listen to everything I said. So, which is awful in one sense. But when I left, I was very honest about it. And I was very honest about why. And because they were all so lovely um, and they did all listen to me, they were just all really nice about it. And some of them decided to stay as members. Um, again, a lot of them have left. They would have done it anyway without me, whether I was there or not. They would have went, maybe rejoined again because that's what they all do. I never had many members that were there consistently every single week because they'd leave, they'd quit, they'd say they weren't doing it anymore, they'd come back. Um, so they probably would have left on their own terms anyway. But uh, yeah, a lot of them chose to chose to leave when I did, which was great. <laughs> but there's still a lot of work to be done because obviously there is still a lot of groups in my town there's still obviously a lot of groups in the whole country um and I don't want there to be I think it needs shutting down <laughs> yeah 
what do you think has been like the biggest change for you since obviously your mindset's changed and and that's amazing and it's it's changed the way that you view things but what what impact has it had on your life it's uh, I'll never be able to explain how much of an impact it's had I'll try <laughs> but um, like I said earlier once you free your mind up it is it's a bizarre feeling once you stop dieting and you stop obsessing over food your brain sort of start switching back on and you can start thinking about other things and you can start doing other things and you can start living your life again it's you can start going out and you can without thinking oh, I can't do that because I need to lose weight or I can't do that because I won't look very nice or I can't do that because I can't eat and and I'd said earlier obviously when I did lose my weight you always I think you're always chasing that happiness like, like we were saying earlier that you sold this once you get to this weight this is going to happen. You're going to be happy. You're going to be confident. You're going to have every, everything that you're chasing is in that number. And once you realise that it's not and you stop chasing a number, you just get to be happy straight away without having to do anything. And I know that sounds so mushy and so cheesy, but it's so true. You stop waiting for things. And I remember my, my auntie always said she stopped drinking long long time ago about 30 years ago and she I'd said to her how like how do you feel about not drinking like is it not a bit awkward sometimes like when you're at parties and things do you feel like you need to drink and she said when you don't drink you are already as confident as you're going to get straight away so you just get up and dance or you just get up and go and talk to someone or you just start having a good time straight away and that's exactly what it's like when you're not dieting you can just enjoy yourself right now because you don't have to think, oh, I can't go on holiday yet. I can't go and have a meal out yet. I can't wear that dress yet because you can do whatever you want right now, which is crazy. That's <laughs> how life's supposed to be there, isn't it? <laughs> well, of course it is, but we don't, no one realises that when you're in this diet bubble. We think we'll constantly have to chase something. So when you don't, it's weird. <laughs> it's liberating. That's amazing. And it, it is such because, like you say, we're always waiting for something. You're always waiting to hit the magic number. Or you're waiting for the next occasion to go off at the deep end. Are you waiting to enjoy things that, like, you could just be enjoying? It's almost like that thing of, I'm going to save the nicest thing on my plate to last so that I can enjoy it the most, but you get full before you get to that nice yes. thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're forever waiting and then you spoil it for yourself because it doesn't live up to the expectation because you've almost already ruined it for yourself which you know I'd have to relate it to food it's got to be a food <laughs> allergy in there and I'm literally thinking about Christmas dinner and pigs that and was a good it. one yeah yeah very true but Laura it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you and I have to say thank you for coming on again because this is the second time that we've had to record this since the first recording just didn't work but getting to hear you talk twice has been absolutely great and I can't wait to just see the next time that you go to Disney and see all of the food that you eat. <laughs> Maybe a few years down the line, but that just means you've got a few years to plan it. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, ladies.